It is great to be here with you. Uh, some of us went through men's fraternity together, and uh, I say that, we, we did it together. Uh, it was real time for me. It was real time for you. And uh, hopefully that's the way our lives are all the time, that we're present in the moment. We're honest. We recognize things. You know, I remember as a young man, I struggled with lust. As an older man, I struggled with worry. And I'm like, I'm not sure I like the trade-off, you know? I, um, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, just different struggles for different ages. And uh, so now at the age of 61, well, I'm 61 and 11 twelfths, so I'll be 62 uh, next month. It's great to be here with you. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, and I'm going to go get right to work. I've got to catch a plane, and uh, I'm kind of pushing the envelope even being here this morning, but I, I just wanted to be here. You know, there's three kinds of people in the world, uh, those who are good at math and those who aren't. And um, uh, I, w- I want to think, yeah, it'll get funnier as the morning goes, trust me. You will steal that line. Um, <clears throat> there's two kinds of people in the world. There's natural man and there's spiritual man. Now, a natural man is someone who has not been converted by the Holy Spirit. And so they're actually controlled by their sin nature. And because they're controlled by their sin nature, we need to understand that if we're going to be mature men of God. Uh, you can't simply look at somebody who has not been <clears throat> converted by the Holy Spirit and vent on them and say, you know, what, what's wrong with that person? That guy's an idiot. Well, why can't he figure this out? How, how can he see two and two and not come up with four? Well, it's because he's under control of the spirit of the age. He's under control of the spirit of the air. He's not a spiritual man. He's a natural man. A spiritual man has been converted by the Holy Spirit. And a spiritual man is no longer a slave to sin. A spiritual man is not under the control of the spirit of the age. A spiritual man is under the control of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so when Jesus, excuse me, as you can imagine, my throat's just a little dry today. As Jesus walked on earth, he needed the Holy Spirit. I use use that word, he needed the Holy Spirit. He was fully God and fully man. Being fully man, he, he needed the power of the Holy Spirit. And he entrusted himself to Holy Spirit, and he obeyed, and he followed. The very same Holy Spirit made available to Jesus, is available for us. And I want to talk a little bit about staying in step with the Spirit and how that requires integrity. We must be honest. As men, I think I grew up uh, in college thinking I was the only guy who struggled with pornography. I was like, oh man, this is the dumbest thing. It's, you know, it's exciting for a little while, and then it's Oh, I can't believe I did that. This is horrible. And lo and behold, it turns out a lot of guys struggle with pornography, right? That's one of, that's one of Satan's secrets is he seeks to isolate us. So we think, I'm the only idiot messed up on this deal. And he isolates us. He just whips us like slaves. And then we come together and we're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you too? Oh, man. We all need the Lord, don't we? 
So I wanted to read this passage to us out of Galatians 5. I think Elaine and Paul have printed it here for us. But I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So immediately, Paul is framing up two ends of the spectrum, if you will, the Spirit and the flesh. Remember, a natural man has no chance against the flesh, no chance. If the evil one presents a temptation that, that fits the desires of his heart, he's all in. I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Wow, have you ever been there? But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let me pray for us. Father, we pray that you would send Spirit here with us. We know that you're in our hearts. Spirit, may we be more aware of your presence. May we be more aware of your power. May we walk in step with you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want us to think about the need <clears throat> for walking in the Spirit. I, I said uh, a couple times over the last few days that self-sufficiency is spiritual suicide and that the American church, as I see it, is so self-sufficient that we, we don't really avail ourselves of the Holy Spirit. Just in terms of a little resource, I've just completed a book um, entitled Spirit Walk by Steve Smith. He actually is on staff at East West Ministries, and I really enjoyed that book, Spirit Walk. <clears throat> so I just like to give guys resources so you can come away from this with a few things to think about. Now, one of the things I've found in my life is uh, as I try to walk in step with the Spirit, I get out of step with the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I usually dance about twice a year. Uh, it's usually at a wedding reception, and it's usually after a couple beers. Um, I don't know, I dance better after a couple beers. Some guys hit the golf ball better after a couple beers, right? Um, just needed a couple beers at the turn. Now I can loosen up. Good, you're listening. <laughs> it's like, hey, wait a minute. Um, when we get out of step with the Spirit, what do we do? I don't know if you ever dance and you get out of step. I mean, I get out of step at the two-step, right? I mean, 
It, it is just that odd for me. Uh, but I want to te teach us a three-step, and it's, it's called the gospel waltz. And it's what you do when you get out of step with the Holy Spirit. I'll give you the three points, and then I'll unpack them for us. And no, we're not going to waltz this morning. The first step when you're out of step with the Spirit is to repent. Repentance comes when you recognize that you're out of step with the Spirit. How do you know you're out of step with the Holy Spirit? Well, simple. Think of this guy's name, Holy Spirit. Holy being the operative word here. If you're not walking a righteous life, he is going to bring conviction to you because his work is to call us to walk in the righteousness of Christ. So anytime we're not walking in the righteousness of Christ, Holy Spirit will bring a conviction to us, not a condemnation and not guilt. Guilt comes from the pit of hell. So brother, anytime you feel guilty, just say, go to hell. Just go back where you belong. Now, if you're under conviction, say, Holy Spirit, I'm all yours. Just think, uh, think if we called him Blue Spirit, right? You'd, you'd be wearing blue. Think if we called him uh, Aggie Spirit, right? You, well, there you go, right? So, <clears throat> out of step. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was funny. Um, so think of Holy Spirit. Think he's leading us in holiness. So you're out of step with the Spirit when you're not walking in the righteousness of Christ and you're walking, walking in act of sin. So he stops us with conviction. Usually that comes from the word of God. The spirit uses the word of God to bring us conviction. And then we must repent. What is repent? Repenting is when we agree with God we're out of step. We're like, oh, wait, I need to stop here. We're out of step. We're out of step. And the Holy Spirit's never out of step, right? He leads us. Now, sometimes we try to get ahead of the Holy Spirit. We're to follow the Spirit as he leads us. So he takes a step, we step with him. We're in step with the Holy Spirit. So repentance is recognizing you're out of step, agreeing with him that you're out of step. It's important to turn away from our sin and turn back to be in step with the Holy Spirit. So turn from sin to the Holy Spirit. That's repenting. Usually happens in your mind, right? That's the battlefield of a man's life, his mind. And the Holy Spirit communicates us to us through his word into our mind. We recognize we're out of step, and we say, I'm out of step, I want to get back in step. The second step we take is to believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. Believe, you know what? <laughs> I am united with Christ. I know I'm a sinner. This is not a surprise to anyone. I've screwed up again today in the last five minutes again. No one's surprised. We're sinners. We're saved by God's grace. And so as we repent, we say, Father, once again, I recognize in Romans 8, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation, guys, from God. That's why I say when you feel guilty, that's from hell. When you feel convicted, that's from the Holy Spirit. So don't go dragging your butt around moping and, uh, 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 you're not guilty. There's no condemnation for you. What Spirit is saying, you're out of step. Get back in step. I know the best for you. 
It's like if your kid's playing on the striped line in the middle of Preston. Spirit, you're going to go get him. You love him. You're going to bring him back to the place of blessing. You want to bring him to the place of honor. You want to bring him to the place where he's secure and safe. So you believe the gospel. That's right, I am a sinner. And you know what? I'm saved by God's grace through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, my only hope. What's the third step? Fight for God's righteousness and the virtues that he has placed upon us. Recognize, guys, we have a better story. If you think of the story of the world, we have a better story. People who grew up in a pagan culture with with a pagan sexuality, when they came to Christ, they, they felt liberty in their sexuality by coming under the guides of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting in our culture, we're escaping the Christian culture in order to be liberated in our sexuality. And, and what have we gained from our sexual revelation? People are actually having sex fewer times, statistically proven. People are having sex that is not satisfying whatsoever. People are having sex that's connected physically and disconnected emotionally. Some people call that prostitution. People's sexual identities are all over the map. That's why somebody in Canada who's a grandfather can leave Canada and move to Florida to become a six-year-old girl because his sexual identity is so confused. So guys, we must recognize Holy Spirit is leading us into beauty. We have a better story. We have a better story, the, the story of Christ, how he loves his people, he wins his people, he defends his people. And so the waltz is this three-step of repentance. Believe the gospel. Fight for the righteousness and virtues of Christ in your life. Now, I will be very honest with you. Some of you know me quite well. I, I do the two-step more than I do the three-step. The two-step I do is I repent and then I fight. And a lot of guys are like this. They, they, they get convicted and they're like, oh, man, I'm an idiot. What is wrong with me? I'm just, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. I repent of that. I'm going to fight for God and everything he stands for. Now, guys, the only thing I've left out of that is the gospel. Sounded pretty good for a while, didn't it? You're like, yeah, me too, man. Let's go. Guys, we've left out the gospel. We've become legalists. We become moralists. We become guys who hop on the treadmill every day, the spiritual treadmill. We say, here I come, God, look at me, man, me and Jesus, woohoo, ham and eggs. All we missed was the fact that we're sinners, hopeless, apart from the grace of God, manifest through Jesus Christ. I wrote down the other two because I don't do these as much, but I thought, well, somebody out here is going to probably be thinking, Okay, Tinsley, you, you do the repent and fight. That's legalism. I do the believe and fight, but I don't repent. I believe the gospel and I fight, but I never repent. And because of that, 
your life becomes irrelevant. Because of that, you don't really have a testimony to share. And then some people repent and believe, but they don't fight. They become that passive male. The passive male who never takes the initiative. The passive male who says, oh, honey, let's do what you want to do for vacation. And then when it doesn't go well, it's her fault. And you're safe. Man, you're bulletproof. You're Teflon. Yeah, if my wife, man, if my wife would get her act together, we'd have a great marriage. Right? That passive male. Like, like uh, Adam. You know, I, I, I don't think Eve was wearing a skirt at this point, but it's like Adam hiding behind Eve's skirt, right? He's like, yeah, go, honey. Hey, why don't you talk to the snake? Right? That passivity. And we learned in our years together that, man, one of the things we need to do is reject passivity, accept responsibility, to apply the gospel to our life. So I'm going to encourage you with these few words. I, I hope they bring life to you. Uh, I, I think about this all day, every day. Look, guys, I'm paid to be a Christian. And I think about this all day, every day. Obviously, I have work to do. And I'm constantly rolling through my mind. Spirit, am I in step with you? Am I walking with you? I mean, am I on the path of righteousness? If not, I want to stop and repent, and I want to believe the gospel, the step I, I, I often skip. And I want to fight for the kingdom of God. I want to pursue him with everything that I have. You know, one of the examples of this was King David. Remember King David, I believe personally that he raped Bathsheba. I mean, here's this beautiful young girl married to Uriah. The army's out at war. Her husband's at war. And David's strolling along the palace, and he sees this gorgeous, naked Israelite. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but it's kind of caused me to cut David a little slack. There are some smoking hot. But what he does, what he does is he doesn't appreciate her beauty. He doesn't say, wow, Father, you do great work, <laughs> right? His glance became a, a gaze, and he locked in, and he started to lust after her. And he had, he had power. He was the man, and he abused his power, and he abused that woman. And then he murdered her husband in Amman, Jordan. I was just there a couple years ago. Some of you heard the story last night. Right, right in Amman, that, that's where Uriah was killed. And then David, he went silent. He's like, you know what? I'm the big dog. I run this place. I'm the CEO. I'm the king. <laughs> Get used to it. And you know what? The Holy Spirit fell on him and crushed his spirit, crushed his spirit, crushed his spirit. We just wouldn't let him go. Just kind of ground him into dry dust. Why did Spirit do that? Because Spirit loves David. Because David needed to repent. <laughs> David needed to believe the gospel. David needed to fight for the right causes, not for his sex life. And so men, the Bible gives us great examples of men who don't understand this and then they get it. 
So I would plead with you, if you are in the middle of a, a sin and no one knows, but the Spirit knows, and the purity of your life really matters, guys, of all the things that we need to be, if we want to be men of integrity, we want to be stand-up men, we need to be honest. We need to be honest with ourselves, we need to be honest with God, we need to be honest with our families and one another. I would say of all the things you could teach your children as a man, teach them to waltz. Teach them the gospel waltz. Show them what a real man looks like. A man who listens to spirit and walks and step with the spirit. Show them a man who can say, hey, you know what? When I was yelling at you, uh, I lost my temper. I was wrong. I mean, hey, you're still in trouble. You screwed up, and, and we're going to deal with that. But I didn't handle it well. I lost my temper. Hey, Dad, sorry. Dad, sorry. I don't want you to be a man who's controlled by his passions in that way. Right? We need to teach our children. And then go ahead and say, you know, son, when I, when that stuff, when I do that stuff, uh, or when I'm disrespectful to your mother or I don't lead our family to church on Sunday or I'm not doing the devotionals or whatever, wherever your world is. Step in and say, son, let, let, let me teach you something that has revolutionized my life. Uh, there's two kinds of people in the world, a natural man and a spiritual man. And you know, son, because we know Christ, we're spiritual men. So we're, we're, not, we're not captive to sin. It doesn't control us any longer. We're under the control of the Holy Spirit. So, son, let me teach you this gospel waltz. I use it all day, every day. You might do this with your wife. One-on-one, uh, -on -one, you might do it uh, before your children. Let your children see you because men of integrity are honest men who walk in step with the Spirit. I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's helpful for you. It's helpful for me. And uh, once again, here on a Tuesday morning, we're in real time. Many of you don't know how much you mean to me. So many of you have come up to me and said, man, that, was, that helped me so much. You know, remember back in men's fraternity and we did that? And I can honestly tell you, you helped me so much. You, you took my hand in the valley of the shadow of death and you walked through that with me. And uh, I'll, I'll forever love you. I'll forever be in your debt, so to speak, and you will always be dear to me because it was real time for me just like it was real time for you. Let me pray for us. Well, Father, here we stand before you as your men, men that are called, Lord, to, to be humble men and yet to take the initiative in our lives. And, Lord, we do that fairly well at work. Uh, that's why uh, we get promoted. But then we come home, Lord, and it's like we go passive and we go flaccid. We, we, uh, we don't recognize uh, all the great story we have at home. So, Lord, help us to waltz. Help us to repent, to believe the gospel. Jesus, forgive me when I am such a fool to jump from repentance to fighting without taking the moment to receive the beauty of your forgiveness in Christ. Even now, Lord, I ask your forgiveness for that. What a foolish man I 
I am so often. And how desperately I need my brothers. How desperately I need to sit around one of these round tables and, and go through this, these uh, questions uh, instead of running and trying to jump on a plane to make it to Montana. So, Father, bless, bless these men. They're your sons. We are your sons, and that makes us brothers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Paul. Thank you for the officers. Thank you for the men in this room who are so dear to me. I pray in Jesus' name and all of God's men said together, amen.